everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 156. This is the all about marketing episode and HubSpot. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and features for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. And specifically, we'll be focusing on marketing tips and tricks within HubSpot, including HubSpot's new ad reports, using multiple LinkedIn conversion campaigns, plus a frustrating HubSpot starter gotcha. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I look really good, but kind of frustrated at uh, the amount of interruption marketing I'm getting these days. I know. You know, I kind of feel like inbound marketing's come back to interruption marketing. Shall I give you a few examples? Hit me up, Craig. Look, I don't know, but this could just be me, right? But I kind of feel that on so many sites I go to now, I'm bombarded with pop-ups. You know what? I I would have to agree with you. Even today, I noticed that as I was uh, talking to a customer of mine and I showed him a few things. And every time I moved around, even if I got to a landing page and I was trying to go through it, I was interrupted with this pop-up that asked me to sign up for something. And I was like, why? I'm here for a particular reason. I don't want to pop up in my face. Yeah. And do you feel these things go in trends? Because I feel maybe six months ago, people were much more reasonable. They died down from, say, two years ago when every site had an annoying pop-up. Yep. They pulled back. But lately, it's just people become a bit more desperate and aggressive. I think so. I've seen that across a few people I've been working with. Desperate tactics to get. Yeah. Interruption marketing, it's back, unfortunately. And look, we've got a screenshot from a site. If you know the site, you'll recognize it, but I haven't named it where <laughs> it's got not not one, not two, but three interruptions. Um, you, you before mean, you uh, can eat. Do you want to spin that wheel, Craig? Oh, the spin my spin the wheel malarkey. Like it's got a general um what do you call it when it takes over the page? The, the, the takeover. No, the, takeover. Sorry, the takeover. Yes. Then it's got the slide in spin to win. And then it's also got the pop-up wanting to send you push notifications whenever there's a new Correct. pop-up. Anyway, I was alerted to this on um, Twitter. I won't link back to that, unfortunately, because I would name the site. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And you know what? I was thinking offline. And, again, I, I don't know if this is just because I'm more aware of it, mm. but uh, around my office in the mall uh, in Chatswood in yep. Sydney, every day now there's some new charity or cause mm. with the people in, oh, hello, sir, you know, just want to start and they're stopping you, like interrupting you. Correct. really annoying. Yes. In your face kind of stuff. I'm like, what is, is it the season? Is it yeah. what's going on? I anyway, think I'm a sucker for those things. Oh, I, must have, I must have something plastered on my forehead saying, speak to me. Yeah, and are you polite to them? Uh, I try. You probably are. You're <laughs> I nice try guy. to be polite, but it I'm really, really I'm me. really grumpy, and I'm just like, does this work? And I feel sorry for them. You know, Correct. those people—they're just trying to do their job. They're normally young, and but like, is it online and offline? It's yeah. just become interruption marketing these days. Anyway, all right. Now it's our HubSpot market feature of the week, Craig. And this is something that's actually in beta, and it's the analysis. There's an analyze and a events tab within the ads add-on. It's just rolling out in some portals. We won't talk about the events one today, but uh, just the analyze. Yeah, I love what you picked out there. Yeah, I've got a few screenshots here. It's got some nice new little reports. By the way, terminology-wise, I'm always getting confused, but, you know, you go on a dashboard and you see those little widgets. Yes. They're actually a report. Each one of those is a HubSpot report 
in HubSpot terminology, right? So when you say HubSpot report, it's one of those little widgets. Okay. So anyway, on this analyze tab, there's a few nice reports, we'll call them widgets, that actually highlight things. And one of them is the campaigns with low cost per contact. And there's also one campaigns with high cost. Just pulls out the really high ones. And have you noticed I didn't include a screenshot of that? <laughs> I've just selectively included the screenshot with the low cost ones. I know. You're getting it some fantastic results. Well, I am actually getting some good results there. But yeah, the, the flip side listeners, is I've got plenty of campaigns with bad results. I've just conveniently not shown them in the screen. You're testing and measuring, aren't you, Greg? But they are on my dashboard. Yeah, that's right, always. So I think that's a really good one because I, one thing I feel is that people can look at results of ads and really not understand what that return is or what is costing them a lot. And I know you can use Google AdWords and you can connect up multiple myriad of systems to kind of get to that data, but HubSpot does it quite well within the ads add-on. And one of the things I wanted to say is that it's really important that within the system that people are actually moving people through those life cycle stages to make sure that they're actually closing those contacts and making them customers if they are. Otherwise, we're not going to be seeing reporting flow through specifically that will attribute it to that ad. All right, onto the HubSpot marketing gotcha of the week, Craig. Okay, so you use HubSpot forms, right? And yes. so we've, we've both got enterprise portals, but if you, even if you had pro... Correct. The forms in HubSpot Pro and Enterprise are fantastic. Yeah. And they are very controllable. You can style everything about them. You can hide pieces. It's excellent. It's very front-end developer friendly. Yes. Okay. Not the case in HubSpot Starter and Free. So I learned this the hard way. Last weekend, I was trying to set up some forms on 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 a client site. Just HubSpot Starter. They're just starting. It's not the free one. It's the paid starter. Put some forms on. And all I wanted to do was stack the labels next to the field. So rather than above, just yep. on the left. Anyway, I just use our normal, because we just basically have a set of styles that we can just plonk into a style yes. sheet. And no, not working. Oh, what's going on? I was trying everything. I just don't know what was working. And keep in mind, I'm not a CSS developer that often, but no matter what, I spent hours trying to do this. And I was like, what am I not getting? Anyway, I had to contact HubSpot support about it. You know what? It's a different type of form in Correct. starter and free. I told you about it and you're like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. And I'm like, oh, damn, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I wish it had been in the gotcha of the week Correct. months ago so I knew about this. But um, listeners, perhaps you've run into this. Maybe you've got multiple portals, especially if you're an agency and you're going to start and try and put a form. You can't style it. It's so bad. It's infuriating. So you know what? We actually had to chuck out HubSpot Forms. We went with another form tool. Yeah. We just had to chuck it out, which is super frustrating for me. It's not only the waste of time. The only redeeming thing is that, well, the HubSpot collected forms functionality still works. So we actually used a whole other form tool. Yeah. And we still can get it into HubSpot. But yeah, just super frustrating. I don't know why they do that. In fact, in Starter, it's actually an iframe. Yes, I did notice Which is that even worse. Code. Yeah, terrible. Okay, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is about using multiple conversions in LinkedIn ads. So, you know, comparing LinkedIn to Facebook ad platforms, Facebook is by far years ahead. But in one particular area, I really prefer LinkedIn. And that's this. You can have multiple. So you set up all your conversions. You would set up multiple conversions in Facebook and you set up multiple ones in LinkedIn. The great thing about LinkedIn campaigns, well, two great things. One, you can have multiple conversions in a campaign. So you could have a contact us page filled out or um, white paper download, that kind of thing. 
So you can actually track those conversions against in the campaign, whereas in Facebook, you just have the one conversion you choose. So in Facebook, the way you get around it is to build kind of multi-conversion conversions, which is annoying in itself. Mm. LinkedIn's much nicer. So take advantage of that. I don't think a lot of people realize that. They might be in the Facebook mold and they kind of just only apply one conversion LinkedIn. The second great thing about LinkedIn is you can apply them later, retroactively. So you might actually have a new conversion that you create on your site. And we had this with a client. They actually added a 30-day trial. Yeah. So then in LinkedIn, we said, oh, we're actually going to add that conversion, the 30-day trial. You know what? We'll just add that to some existing campaigns that are already running. Yeah, right. Because they were pushing to, say, yes. some promoted content or yep. a white paper. And then, oh, they didn't go for the white paper, but they went for the 30-day trial. Oh, conversion comes in. Oh, wow. It's really nice and handy, right? Yeah. You can't do that in Facebook. No. So anyway, take advantage of that. Nice little marketing tip. Yeah, wow. All right, marketing insight of the week, Craig. And this is uh, something we were looking at across our site, wasn't it? What is our real traffic? You know, traffic's really hard to measure and also correlate, especially if you've got multiple systems. So I normally say to clients, look, traffic, if you've got HubSpot and Google Analytics, as long as it's within 10%, you're pretty right. But when it diverges, say, 20 50%, then there's probably something wrong with your tracking. However, the important thing is neither of them is right. So for starters, clients will say, oh, why aren't they exactly the same? Well, they have different ways of measuring. But second, they're never accurate anyway, whichever one you choose, because there's always things that could or could not be included. So I've just got a few examples here. Like if you use Cloudflare, say, for uh, caching your site, yeah, yeah. It'll give you unique visitors and it'll be way, way different to analytics. And that's because Cloudflare measures everything, including bots and all of that. That's right. One of the interesting things, and there's been plenty of studies on this, is that they say more than 50% of web traffic is bots and automated tools. So it's not even real visitors, right? So it might be 50%, might be more. But straight away, there's a ton of stuff that's automated. Now, some analytics tools filter that out. Yes. And in analytics, we've actually got a screenshot where you can tick that on in the view to exactly. filter out bots, which you should do, by the way, because yes. you don't want them being inflated. And you can do that within HubSpot too. And you can in HubSpot as well. That's right. So definitely do those. But even then, at the end, the point of this is that even then it's possibly not accurate because mm. lots of people have ad blockers now. And often with ad blockers, when they turn them on, not only are they blocking ads, but they're blocking tracking scripts. So, okay, you've filtered out the bots. Great. So it's not fake traffic anymore. But actually, if people have got ad blockers, you never recorded them in the first place. So you're filtering out the bots, but you might be missing out on uh, real visitors as well. So that's some of the reasons why you can never actually get the exact traffic. Correct. And we were doing this because we are looking at some of the tracking links that we track information and that's what highlighted us to this and then we started checking all these different stats which actually brought us to this well this is exactly right because if you're using a a link shortening tool like bitly yes um which hubspot will uh, integrate with your social clicks that it's reporting will often be way inflated to what you're actually seeing in traffic because bitly sees people they kind of click the link or maybe there's those social crawlers and it's reported there as a click mm. on social. It's not okay. actually. And yeah. they didn't actually finish rendering the page. So, mm. again, another another thing to be aware of. Correct. So, yeah, I think what what is the takeaway from here, Craig? Well, the takeaway is that analytics reports 
are useful for indicative trends and comparisons between channels, but they're not to be trusted as exact accuracy. In fact, the only way you could really be accurate would be to check server logs on your hosting or something like that. And most people won't be going to those links. It's really about indicative on trends and comparisons. All right, Craig, on to our marketing resource of the week. And this is a tool called Skitch. Thank you for highlighting this to me. Can yes. you just explain what it was? I'm embarrassed I didn't know about this. Uh, Skitch is a is actually, funnily enough, it's a Evernote product. And I've used it to take screenshots and annotate images on, on my Mac. And it stores it all within um, Evernote that's become searchable. And it just works, doesn't it? It's great. Thank you for putting this on to me. I just installed it. I've been using it all night. It's really good. That's right. It has a Mac app, so I encourage people to have a look. It's another great way to easily communicate with people, especially when, you, when you're trying to show people what's going on. Marketing quote of the week, Craig? Well, this is one that you've uh, found from Anne Handley. Yes. Even when you are marketing to your entire audience or customer base, you are still simply speaking to a single human at any given time. There is the truth. I think that's really good. So remember that when you're writing emails. Yes. Especially newsletters. Imagine you're speaking to one person. Correct. All right. We've got a bonus link there, Craig, and this is to do with, uh, we spoke about Cloudflare before, and we've spoken about accelerated mobile pages that Google has been serving in the search. The AMP AMP pages, no, they're, they're AMPs. That's right. So what, why, uh, I guess, why are we highlighting this? Um, I guess the AMP links have a Google domain in Correct. search results or in the browser, sorry, in the browser. You open it and you go, oh, this is. It says google.com. Yeah. yeah. I thought, so it's, it's a very fast accelerated mobile page. That's great. What Cloudflare is offering is a way to use your own domain yes. for those same links. So it's a better experience in the browser. And I think that's in beta currently. Well, we've turned it on for HubShots, actually. Yes. So test it out. Have a look. All right. We'd love you to leave feedback on Apple Podcasts. Let us know whether you like this marketing episode. Take a screenshot, share it on the socials, and let us know what you liked and what you didn't like about it. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Anne. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.